Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this spirit-filled message that it blesses your week and brings you joy and perspective. To connect with us, hop on social media and for more information, head to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. People getting baptized, finding God, young, young kids saying things like, I want to give my life to Jesus, that should eternally wreck you. Are you good? You good tonight? Praise God. How was the prophecy room, Pastor Rob? Was it, it was fantastic. Praise God. Pastor Craig, if you could just close that door for me when you get a chance. Be amazing. Help my OCD. That's good. I, I, really, I really believe I've got something to bring tonight. And I know we've had a lot go on. So I just want to check. Are you guys all with me? Yes. We're focused in. Yes. We're ready. Come on. Praise God. I'm... I'm absolutely stoked. If we could just maybe turn the floodies down the tiniest bit to save my retinas. All right, I want to, so, so we're going through this, this series. I'm going to jump right in. My name is Fred. If you're new here, I'm the Youth Young Adults Pastor. Um, uh, I'm Pastor Rob's son. He is the senior pastor. Uh, we love this church. Hey, we're going through this series, Jesus Walks, going through Matthew chronologically and, and the book of Matthew. And I want to tell you, I read the book of Matthew about three to five times in the last couple of weeks. I thought I knew it all. But I didn't. Um, ushers and deacons, if you can just help the guys at the back to find a seat, that'd be amazing. God's going to do something and we, we want to hone in on what he's doing. Amen. So, so this morning, Pastor Rob took us through uh, Matthew 1 to 3. He, he took us through Jesus' genealogy. He took us through the birth of Jesus and some of the, some of the hassles that happened uh, during that time. And he talked about, so fittingly, the baptism of Jesus and the Spirit of God dwelling on Jesus, which is so appropriate for today for obvious reasons, but also because today, if you don't know, is Pentecost Sunday. And I really believe, man, if Jesus needed the Spirit to rest on him, then so do we. If Jesus needed the Spirit of God to come into his life, and, and that's when he started moving in signs and wonders, and that's when his ministry began, so do we. So we, where we last left Jesus was he's just been baptized, right? And I want to encourage you in this series, if you miss a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, Listen to the podcast. We are in a day and an age where you can literally, on your way to work, pop it on, listen to what Pastor Rob said this morning. If you people are away tonight, listen to what I said and listen to this, because this, this is an awesome series. So we left Jesus and he's just been baptized. He's on cloud nine. The heavens opened up and now it's about to get real. So we're going to read, uh, and this su- subtext of scripture is called the temptation of Jesus. And this is the amount of keys that are in this is phenomenal. So someone turn their Bibles to Matthew 4, starting in verse 1. Now, this is a little bit of a passage of Scripture. Are we going to be okay tonight? I'm so sorry. I'm going to need the spotlights down a tiny bit. I honestly can't see a thing. Um, So, thank you so much. So, here we go. It's going to be up on the screen. We're going to read. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Hold on. Let's read that again. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit, the Spirit that had just landed on him. Oh, we're not going to get many amens in this bit of Scripture, but we're going to be challenged, and it's going to be amazing because this is the gospel. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How epic is that word, by the way, devil? So old school, hey, devil. Anyway, stop saying that. Stop giving it power. And after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights... Okay, so let's just suss this out. So the Holy Spirit has taken Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. Jesus is also very hangry. 
40 days. My longest fast was five days. I'm going to be real with you. I almost died. Dad's done some pretty long ones. I don't know what the, we won't do records in here. Who's, who's done like a really long fast? How long, Steve? How long, Steve? 25 days. Oh my goodness. All right. So I need Steve to mentor me in the ways of self-control, but that's amazing. And when, okay, we need to keep going for the sake of time. And when the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones. So the devil rocks up in the middle of the desert. Jesus is upset and he says this. And if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus answered, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to a holy city and set him up on the pinnacle and said, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. The devil's using scripture. (laughs) He does that. And on their hands, they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against stone. Jesus said again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain devil apparently enjoys high places and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said, all of these I will give to you. If you will fall down and worship me, Jesus said, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. There is some meat in this passage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. I thank you for this amazing baptismal tank and the people that went into the waters of baptism. And like Pastor Rob said, we're immersed in their new creation. Father, I pray tonight in the next 20 minutes that we wouldn't just hear another message, but we would be challenged by the life of your son. We'd be challenged by what Jesus went through. We'd be encouraged by the way he dealt with adversity. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, Amen. Amen. One of the reasons I love this passage is because Jesus was tempted. Jesus was tempted. That brings me a lot of hope. Because sometimes temptation comes into my life and I'm like, I'm a terrible person. It's probably just me. You guys probably never get tempted. But I get tempted and, you know, you can live like attack free, but you can't live attempt free. He's going to attempt stuff. It's on you to come against that with the Word of God, with the, with the Word of your testimony, with the blood of the cross. It, it, it has been one, but, you know, my dad all my life, you know, he, he's always believed in, in, you know, the finished work of the cross. But he taught me to contend for my healings. He taught me to stand for my faith. He taught me that stuff might get hard. Sometimes I, I get nervous that we might have a generation that doesn't understand the, 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 the keys of spiritual warfare and the keys of the fruits of the Spirit. Because it's all been one, and that's a great truth. But Jesus was tempted. Now it says in the Word of God that you will never get more than you can bear and all that sort of stuff. But I want to go through the three ways that the devil tempts Jesus. The first one is he tempts him physically. Jesus is hungry. He had a system that wanted food. As with John the Baptist, you know, a couple of days before, about 14 days before, John only ate crickets. Jesus is in a bad way. Jesus needs food. That was funny in my head. Jesus needs some food really badly. And so the devil, in all his creative, in-depth strategy, goes, you should turn the stones into bread to feed yourself because you're hungry. I love that Jesus was tempted physically. Now, I'm just going to talk about me because I'm sure you haven't. But sometimes I get tempted physically. Sometimes I get tempted to look at things I shouldn't. 
Come on, let's be real tonight. Let's go. Let's go. This is the life of Jesus. Sometimes I get tempted to, 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 to uh, give myself over to something that's not me, not my nature. Sometimes I'm not talking about don't, don't go wild. It's like, does he want to kill a man? No. I'm just saying like those day-to-day things, those things. Give yourself over to anger. Give yourself over to, 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 to the things of the flesh. It's not who you are, man. But I love that Jesus, the first thing that the devil does is he tempts his mortal body. Oh, you don't know what it's like, man. No, you're right. Maybe I don't in some areas, but Jesus was tempted in every way that a man could be tempted. And that's encouraging because he overcame, not because he was God, but because he knew his God, but because he knew his Father. There is so many keys in the book. Pastor Rob said it this morning. You've got to listen to the podcast. Jesus' life, there is so many keys for us today. There's a relevance about it. He tempts him physically. And because he's a man, he tempts him with food. Once again, funnier in my head. He tempts him physically. Hunger makes you do silly things. Hunger, my mum always says that you can have a legitimate need, but you go to an illegitimate source. Legitimate need. Children, cover your ears. We have a need as human beings, a want, a desire to be intimate. Legitimate need. But you've got to go put a ring on it and have a legitimate source and do it in the way God said. That's something that we need to keep talking about in churches. Man, woman, marriage, covenant. So, so hunger makes you do silly things. You know, I don't want to speak for my wife when she's away. But when she hasn't eaten in a while, she's a little bit different. She's a little bit different. A little bit sharper. Can anyone just be honest in the room? Who here gets hangry? Who here changes? You're a new creation. I'm just kidding. So he tempts him physically. We've got to keep moving. Next one. He te- tests his faith. He tests his faith. Oh my goodness, I love this because my faith gets tested. And you might have faith in some areas, but maybe you've got an amazing faith for other people's healing, but you don't have any faith for yours. Maybe you've got amazing faith for, for a Sunday service, but you've got no faith for your workplace. Maybe, maybe you have had so much sickness in your family that you know God's good. You love Him, but when it comes to healing, you're like, I just don't have faith. Why did the devil come against Jesus' faith? Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But what does he return fire with? The Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of There's keys here for us. If you're struggling with faith, but you're not reading your Bible, there's faith locked up in the Word of God. I was, away, I was just away on, on annual leave with my beautiful wife, and we were thinking about a, a family member on, on uh, my wife's side, and we were just being a bit down in the dump sea. Down in the dump sea. Is that a, that's a colloquialism now. We were down in the dump sea, and you know, my mother's just incredible with this. You know, and then eventually, after like half an hour of oh, on this and this, and I wonder when they're going to do this, we were like... She'll probably intercede on behalf of those that don't know Christ. <laughs> My mom's awesome at this. Anything goes on in, in, in her family, she just starts praying. Praying, sending cards, trying to send me. Like, just, like she is amazing at it. And, and, and this is amazing. Jesus gets his faith tested. The devil says things like, if you don't prove it, if God doesn't prove it immediately, then he's not real. If you haven't been healed yet, he's not the healer. Rubbish, hog, hogswash. I've seen so many people healed. I still have sports-induced asthma, and it's not healed yet. And I believe he's the healer. I've seen him heal. Why am I not healed? I don't know. I'm not a theologian. 
but I'm one day closer to my miracle. Stealing that off Eric Johnson because I have no theology around it, but I know that it's not on his end. I know that he's good. I know that he's the healer. Sometimes Christianity is, I'm getting off the stage now. I don't care. Sometimes Christianity isn't actually about, like, I don't have all the answers. Thanks, bro. Is that just for me? Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Sometimes Christianity isn't about seeing exactly what, it's about just standing on the Word of God, man. We need a young generation that when stuff goes wrong, we're just like, I'm a stand. They still got cancer. I'm a stand. It feel, and, and it's not about not having emotion. We're going to look at that in, in a few minutes, emotion. But, but it's just about, I, I don't have the answers. You know, as a pastor, I'm totally fine and probably learned this from my dad as well. And, and mom, dad has no issue going, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I'll get back to you. And I've learned a lot from that. You know, oh, well, you know, I've literally had people message me, do you still have that asthma thing? Because you post a lot about healings. Are you healed? I'm like, no. They're like, why? I'm like, I don't know. But, I, but okay, so you heal, see other people healed, but you're not healed. Yep. Why is that? I don't know. But I still heal, see healings in other people, so praise the Lord. That's, that's going to do me for now. Doesn't change him. I probably just got something off on my end, hey? But that's all right. He tests our faith. The enemy tests... Damn it. <laughs> the enemy tests our faith... But we've got to reply, not with opinion, not with thought, not with, not with a good Pinterest quote. We've got to reply with the, with the written down Logos Word of God that says, hey, this is the truth of the gospel. And I believe it, even when I don't see it. The third thing that the devil tempts is his motives. He tests the entire reason that Jesus is on earth. Come, check it out, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I know that you've got this plan to like save humanity and all that stuff, but I'll just give it to you. I'll just give it to you. He tests Jesus' motives. You know why the devil's an idiot? Because in testing Jesus' motives, Jesus, whether he knew it or not beforehand, Jesus, out of his deep wells, spoke the vision of why he was there. I like it when the devil tries to tempt me with faraway places and greener pastures because I have to dig into my spirit and say, God, what are you saying? What's your word for this season? Oh, but it could be better. It could be this. It could be this. Shut up. I got a word from God. Some of you need a word from God tonight. You don't need another prayer session. Love prayer session. You don't need another encounter. Love encounter. You actually need a word from the Most High God. And then you need to grab hold of that thing and hold on to it. When it sucks, when Satan has taken you to the top of the Empire State Building and is like, I'll give it to you. You just need to, hey, hey, i got a word from God, man. I've got a word from God. Jesus was tempted. And that brings me hope, not because of anything weird, but because Jesus answered out of a place of clarity and vision and intimacy with the Father. Man, don't tell me there's nothing we can grab from Jesus' life before the cross. There is so much we can grab from Jesus' life before the cross. And one of them is that we stand on the word of God. Amen. I want to tell you this story tells us another thing. It tells us another thing. It tells us that we'll be tempted. Hey, oh, we'll be tempted. Did you know, while we're here, we can offer Jesus, the Lord, we can offer Him something that we will not be able to offer Him in heaven. When we're in heaven, we're not going to be tempted. The devil's going to be in the lake of fire thing situation. We're going to be in heaven praising and eating bananas and grapes. But on earth, and steak, on earth, but like somehow the steak hasn't come from an animal that's just like steak. It's very theological this evening. But seriously, when you get tempted and you in the spirit or out loud, whatever works for you, say, 
I'm a man or I'm a woman of God. That is not who I am. You offer him up a praise that you can only do in your life here on earth. And that's exciting. When the devil comes to tempt you, he's setting you up to give praise and adoration to God. He's hoping that you make the wrong decision, but you actually have an opportunity to say, I know who I am in Christ. And you watch as you start to punch him in the face again and again and again, he's going to start backing off super quick. Super quick. All right, so, so Jesus got tempted. He got, went into the wilderness 40 days. And then afterwards, and I just want to finish this section with this point. I love this. Angels came and ministered to him. Can I tell you in this place, angels want to come and minister to you. You might feel like you're in the wilderness. You might feel like it's all gone wrong. You might feel like you've just had the devil whispering in your mind. Hey, he sends his angels as flames of fire, as messengers of hope and comfort telling you tonight, whatever you're going through, there is, there is ministering angels for you. I don't really have a theology on angels or whatever. I'm just saying there is hope, there is comfort, there is, a, there is a closeness of Jesus that wants to come to you tonight in the midst of what you're going through. Come on, let's punch the devil in the face. Let's, get, let's know who we are in Christ. Let's say no to temptation. I know it's old school, but let's say no. And watch what happens. It starts to get easier as we form a habit of purity. All right. Matthew 4. Is this okay this evening? Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. So we go across to Matthew 4, 23 to 25. And this part is called the ministry of Jesus begins, which is exciting. I, I love this kind of message set up. Jesus ministers to great crowds. And when he went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease... And every affliction amongst the people. Just pause there. That's epic. He'd been in ministry for like two weeks. And he went to Syria and Pastor Rob, you've got to watch, listen to the podcast this morning, spoke about the deposit of the anointing that's in Syria. And we can pray into that. It's awesome. Watch the podcast. Every single one. Oh, why? Why, why, why? I'm not a massive theologian. I love studying. I believe it was because he was in right relationship with the Father. And I believe it was because he'd gone through some things. He'd gone through some things. And he'd seen a bit of life. I love young people. Empower young people. Let's go. Go, 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 go. Yes. Can't buy experience. It's wisdom and experience. That's another message another time. So let's keep reading. He healed every disease. So his fame spread throughout all of Syria. I don't want to be famous. Cool. All right. I don't want to be famous. I want to be effective. Thomas Jansen from Hillsong, Copenhagen goes, my mission is, look at me, look at me, look at me. Tricked you. Look at Jesus. And he's the most outlandish guy with the most ridiculous accent ever. (laughs) It's like, Jesus has come. Like He's ridiculous. But... That, I, I, don't, I don't believe we need to be I mean, walk in the fullness of humility. We're going to talk about that in a second through the Beatitudes. But, but let your life be a beacon. And don't hide a, a fear of stepping out under false humility of I don't want to be known. But actually go, hey, actually I'm full of the, the Godhead. I'm full of the righteousness of Christ. And I'm going to proclaim that from the mountains. And always make sure it comes back to, it's not about me. It's about Him. That's why I'm doing this new thing. Whenever I give a testimony, I'm like, hey, just to let you know, this is about Jesus and His goodness and His grace. 
But G- anyway, another message all the time. But Jesus starts to get famous throughout Syria. They bring him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures, paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and Decapolis and from Jerusalem and Judea and from beyond the Jordan. I love the Bible. My goodness. Jesus gets in the right relationship with the Father. Jesus says no to the things of the devil, says no to temptation. He knows the Word of God. He knows why he's there. And then he goes into Syria and he just starts messing the kingdom of darkness up. Starts messing it up. Demons get out. Paralytics. Are st- it's crazy. My goodness, what can we take from this though practically? His gift made a way for him. His gift made a way for him. I don't th- he doesn't say he went to the, the mayor or the oversight of Syria and was like, I'm a big deal. And he was. You know, and the son of God, he just starts being Jesus. He just start, and people start bringing people to him. His gift made a way. If we could put up my point for this little passage, we have to move from obligation to opportunity. Jesus was a carpenter for 30 years. Some of us get saved for three days, and we're frustrated at why we're not seeing stadiums filled. Preaching to myself, we have to start looking at our family situation as an opportunity. We have to start looking at our workplace as an opportunity, our university as an opportunity. We have to start looking at the things that we're in, the the places God has put us and go, hey, it's not an obligation because if you go in with a, this is an obligation, you won't see fruit. But if you go in saying, hey, this is an opportunity from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, man, something's going to shift. Something's going to move. When you actually start saying, God, use me in my sphere. Use me on the mental health ward. Use me in the church. Use me when I'm doing roofing. Use me in the care home. Use me as I drive the taxi. Come on, man. It's got to move to opportunity. Some people would freak out. Imagine if I said to you, hey, in, you're not going to do any miracles or anything for 30 years. You'd be like, oh. But I said, but if you wait those 30 years, you're going to change the course of this world. Yeah, you say, wow, but a lot of you would be like, I just, that's too long. How many days did you think Jesus was carpentering and building stuff going, I thought I was here to save humanity. I thought I was here to change everything. I thought I was here to step on Satan's head and I'm making tables, beautiful tables, sanded eloquently, but everyone in Nazareth just thinks I'm old, mate. There's no honor here for me. I wonder if he thought like that. There's no recording of that, but I reckon maybe every now and again he was like, I thought I was here to set at liberty those that were oppressed. Isaiah really talked me up. Bible joke. But what's happening? But he didn't. He started to see his life as an opportunity. What could, we could triple this church in a matter of months if all of us just went, every day is an opportunity. 100%. Church isn't for us to gather. Church is for us to effectively scatter. Church isn't us for just to eat. Church is us for get equipping the work of the saints that we would go out and do what God has called us to do. Man, Jesus started his ministry at 30 and stuff beginning to shift and move and change. If I can get a keyboard or something here, that would be amazing. We have to move from obligation to opportunity. It says in the Word of God in another passage that Jesus drew in favor, grew in favor with God and with, with man. Can I tell you, if, if no one likes you, like unsaved people, if they all steer clear, and not because you're like raising the dead, but because you're grumpy, it's not really what we're called to do. Super quiet, cool. You, people should like you. 
You should grow in favor with people and with, with God. We're not talking about popularity contests or the affirmation of man, but there should be something about you that people just went to Jesus. We, we, you know, reading through Matthew, you're going to hear some of these stories. Prostitutes just went to him, didn't know him. Yeah. We're just like, I need, I, need, I, need that. I need that. People were just drawn to him. If everyone, you rock up on a Monday and everyone's like, <laughs> like just walks away. Maybe you need to turn your love back on. Maybe you need to, I'm telling you, man, this, Matthew's challenging me. Me and dad were texting last night about this series. This is challenging me. Jesus is a boss. He is incredible. The way he set his life up, the way he honored his, Pastor Rob talked about this a couple of weeks ago, the way he honored his mom, the way he, he is so holistic in his Christian living and I want to be more like him. Not just the deity Jesus, but the carpenter Jesus. I want to be more like him practically. That's exciting. So we've heard about Jesus' genealogy. We've heard about his, his, um, his upbringing. We've heard about him getting uh, baptized. We've heard about him going into temptation. We've heard about his ministry starting. And then he gives his, one of his first big public addresses called the Sermon on the Mount. Let's, uh, let's read it together. It's very, very exciting. Matthew 5, starting in verse 1. I'll just read it off the screen. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. He came to high. Hi. Came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Pastor Jesse's got a great message on this. Seeing the crowd, uh, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Let's just, oh no, we don't have time. That's just, that's an amazing thing that you can be blessed in your emotion. Crazy. Blessed are the meek. That means humble, for they will inherit the earth. These are big statements. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, I want to see God. I want to be pure in heart. I'm not there yet. Well, I know he's purchased it all, but I'm on a process and a journey of understanding and being awakened to that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons and daughters of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted, <laughs> this one. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when you receive revile and, persecu- and, you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Whoa. Whole lot of blessing there. Don't know if I like some of those entryways. How good. Blessed. Let's, let's, let's go through this really quickly. Things that bring blessing. I've paraphrased this. And I'm closing and isn't this, isn't this fun though, just going through the life of Jesus, seeing where he walked? I'm so excited for next week. Things that bring blessing, let's put the first one up, is need. Need. Need attracts God. Maybe you're a single mum in this place and got no support from the father or, or, or whatever, or maybe you've got a, a chronic illness in this place and you have a need. Can I tell you that? That tugs on the heartstrings of Jesus. That tugs on the blessed are those with a need. This element reveals the Father heart of God. How you have a need? My son, my daughter, I'm there for you. You might say, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Well, that comes back to Jesus being tempted, doesn't it? I'm gonna stand on the Word. 
stand on the word. The next thing that brings blessing is emotion. Going through tragedy. Blessed are those who mourn. What does that mean? It's, it's pretty simple. It means that when you're going through stuff, the blessing of the Father is there for you. The comfort of the Father is there for you. Christianity is, the person of Jesus is ridiculous. He doesn't just say, when you're upset, I will be there with my gracious kingly hand. He says, no, blessed are those who mourn. So that means that in a weird way, when you go through a tragedy, God's gonna bless you. You can call out for the blessing of God. I don't know about you, I think this is crazy. Next one. Humility. Humility brings the blessing in God. Not having to have the last word brings the blessing in God. Next time you feel like firing up and firing back, just don't. And if you need to tell yourself, well, I'm not because I'm going to be blessed. Whatever. Do your thing. Walking in humility brings a blessing. I found in my marriage, and I know nothing because I'm four and a half years married. I've so much to learn. I'm naive and young and silly. But I've learned that a take it or leave it attitude produces peace. Maybe some of us tonight, we need a little bit more of a take it or leave it attitude with things and stuff so we can produce peace in our workplaces, in our marriages, in our families. Who cares if you're right? Just keep it to yourself. I do that all the time in life. <laughs> People will comment on my Facebook posts and stuff and I'm like, well, you're wrong. I just do it in my head and I just leave it. It's great. Cool. <laughs> Passion. Passion. Commands a blessing. I love that. Yeah. That's good for my personality type. Can you imagine if you're like, passion commands a curse? I'd be like, oh no. <clears throat> passion. It looks different for everyone. It doesn't mean you have to be loud. Passion isn't volume. Maybe for some of you it starts to need to be. But passion isn't volume. It's not, it's not about that. But don't be apathetic, man. In your marriages, in your... You know, I don't know, I keep talking about my parents, but we're talking about family matters and this is the life of Jesus and things, you know, my mum, my mum, she loves it when I preach a good message and, and when people get saved, but she loves it when I'm, when I'm humble. She loves it when I look after Anna, really loves it when I take the time to not just think about the ministry and church, but think about family and we need to be like that. We need to be holistically passionate about our walks and about our lives. And then we get commands a blessing. Fire always falls on sacrifice, and that's exciting. Merciful, mercy, mercy. If Princess Elsa has taught us anything, it's that it's good to let it go. It's good to let it go. I say that silly, but there is a whole bunch of you in this room right now. You need to let it go. Let it go, man. Let go what your parents did. Let go what your ex-pastor did. Let go what you did. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And can I tell you that that passage is talking about mercy towards yourself as well. Something powerful about mercy. I need to keep moving. Purity. (laughs) Sometimes we're so concerned about a move of power that we forget that God's more concerned with purity. Oh, someone needs to wake up or take a tablet or feed the dog or take the bin out. It's bin night in Mango Hill. Anyone in Mango Hill, it's bin night. 
okay? It's very important. Purity. We need to be pure. There's not much more I can say about that, is it? Don't go see smutty movies. Don't go, don't push the borders. Don't follow Insta, fit, fitspo Instagram pages that are just chicks in stuff. Don't do it. I know it's just basic stuff, but just don't. If you're over 40, you're like, oh, it doesn't apply to me. It does. You know it does. Don't, don't, don't go. My, my first youth pastor, uh, second youth pastor after Craig, used to always tell me when you're walking along at the beach, don't, don't double glance. It's, it's basic stuff, but we need to talk about it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> it's true, and you can just mull over it and process it. Blessed are the pure, because they will see God. Mmm. I don't want to just be pure so that my marriage is great even though I do and that I set a good example for my future kids and my youth ministry, young adults ministry. I want to see God. It says in Psalms, who will climb the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and a pure heart. Man, I want to see God. I want to see God. This is what this is Jesus' first sermon. We should be taking attention to this. Band, you can come join me. Blessed are the three more. I'm, I'm going to go over by a few minutes and then we're going to pray for people. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you a peacemaker? In Peter, he says, as much as depends on you, live at peace with all men. You know what, you know what lots of people I talk to do? They hyper-focus on everyone else. Hey, why are you behaving that way? Yeah, but they did this and they did that and that. Since when were you bound, when were your actions and your heart's position bound by other people? I'm not saying things don't hurt. I'm not saying things aren't hard. Be a powerful person. Be a peacemaker. I'm growing in this. I love, can I tell you, I love being right. I enjoy it. Anyone in the house enjoy being right? Okay, this, this, this group's gonna keep it real. The rest of you are like, I don't know, I'm pretty humble. Wrong, no, I like being right. I wanna like being a peacemaker more. I wanna like creating peace more than I like being right. I wanna be a peacemaker. I wanna be known as a peacemaker. The last two you're not gonna enjoy but they're very important and they're kind of promises of God as well. The persecuted. Can I tell you, there's a reason why the persecuted church is the fastest growing church in the world. Because blessed are the persecuted. Now we have a degree of persecution in the West. I don't want to dumb it down. But if I'm getting called names on Facebook and getting text messages that are mean, but I've got brothers and sisters that are getting shot in the head for the gospel, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Not, not lessening your emotion, your feeling. I'm not doing that thing. But it, there, there needs to be reality brought that Facebook isn't real life. Instagram isn't real life. Who cares what they say? It's fine. It's fine. I've got brothers and sisters that are, we, we have brothers and sisters and we are brothers and sisters, whether we sort of link into that or not, who are dying for the gospel. What a blessing that we would use this nation. But be encouraged. If you do have people say stuff about you, if your parents do get mad at you, if, 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 take heart. Not only is He there with you in the storm, but it commands a blessing. So once again, in the scandal of grace, when stuff like this happens, you get to go, I'm going to be blessed. Don't tell them though. That'd be like a mad, wouldn't it? You're an idiot. You're blessing me. What? Ah. <laughs> but you know that, that it is. It's commanding a blessing. The last one, it says, if you are disliked, People say stuff about you. I've had a bit of this one. I'm sure you guys have had a bit of this one too. People saying stuff about you. People talking about you. People, come on, it's a blessing. I got blessed today on Facebook. He doesn't know, but he blessed me. <laughs> Jokes on, no, 
But I'm serious. Walk in humility. But if your boss is like, do you go to church? Oh my God. Be humble, but God's going to bless you. God's going to reward you. These are the first things Jesus goes through in his first big mega sermon on a mountain. It's exciting. Blessed, 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 blessed. Jesus' first address is, hey, his first actions is, hey, Syria, I'm gonna heal everyone that's afflicted of anything. And then he draws a crowd, his gift makes a way for him. Why don't we stand tonight? His gift makes a way for him. He gathers the crowd and signs and wonders bring power and, and, and an authority and people come and he talks about the blessing of God. Take heart, Kingdom Culture Church, whatever you're going through, you are a blessed people. You are a blessed people. And there's keys in this sermon from Jesus on, hey, even more blessing. You're blessed when stuff goes wrong. You're blessed when you're humble. You're blessed, you're blessed, you're blessed. Thank you, Jesus.